Hi, it's Tim Hagen from Progress Coaching, and welcome to another episode for the Coaching Conversations podcast. Now, we are on Stitcher, we are on iTunes, and multiple different channels. Please check us out. Now, one of the things that you'll get out of our podcast episodes is a lot of content, a lot of strategy. It's not fluff, it's not concept. Yet we really want you to engage with the content and let us know your feedback. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. If there's topics you'd love to have us address, we would love to share them with you. Let us know your impact and let us know your feedback. When you think about coaching, coaching is actually, when you think about it from a step-by-step perspective, from a process perspective, it is literally a very easy thing to do. Now, some of the changes we need to make as leaders certainly encompass major change at times. Yet when you think about coaching, at Progress Coaching, we literally teach that it's a two-step process. One, it's getting people to look in the mirror. Two, it's to take action on what they see in number one. Yet very few people do number one arbitrarily on their own. That's it. So let's say you have somebody who has an attitude problem. Most of the time, they're not going to walk into your office and say, boss, I got to tell you, my attitude stinks. You got to do something with me. Now, I bet you're laughing a little bit, and you should be. It sounds kind of funny, right? Yet, when was the last time someone walked into your office and said, boss, I'm stagnant. I need some uncomfortable change. Get me out of my doldrums. I'm bored. It's pretty rare, isn't it? So it teaches us, and the funny thing is, Think about these current times. Think about everything that we're going through. Think about that for a second. Think about what we now have to do every single day. Change. Raise our attitude. Go above and beyond the call of duty. So again, let's go back to step one, building awareness. Now, building awareness is not just simply focusing on what people need to fix or correct or improve. The Gallup organization reports that people engage eight times more when we lead with the positive stuff. So why is it that when we ask people what happens or what's the employee's impression when the boss calls an employee into the office, it's usually, "Uh uh-oh, what did I do wrong? Why? Because we still do it. So number one, Make sure you build awareness and leverage people's strengths. Here's the funny thing. When you think about people's strengths and the things they do well, please do not assume that your employees know their strengths. If we don't acknowledge them, why should they? When we leverage people's strengths, we call people into the office and say, Andy, I just wanted to let you know the last two things you've done specific to XYZ have been fantastic on target. I shared it to the upper level management team of the work you're doing. And I just wanted to share that with you and tell you how proud I am of you. Now that seems so trite, a little theatrical, a little over the top, but guess what happens? Even in a virtual world, people go back to work and oh, how they start to share. Because guess what everybody asks? What did the boss want? So not only call people into the office, call people into your virtual office. Spread the gospel. You're opening the door. You're opening the two-edged door of constructive feedback. See, if we invest in the good things, people will open their minds to where they need to improve. 
Yet if the only thing they hear from us as leaders is here are the things you need to fix or improve, it wears on them psychologically. They don't really start to embrace all of our feedback. So coaching is really a two-step process. Now, let's get to awareness where people have an opportunity to improve. When we think about constructive things like lacking motivation, lacking energy, attitude, we're going to have certainly a person who is resistant. And we're going to have people who are going to be open. So we'll, we'll keep it very simple. So people who are open, we can typically give pretty straightforward feedback. Now, if you have a very directive personality, one of the things that we encourage is to ask a clarifying question. So if we sit down with an employee and say, look, you look like you're lacking energy. It seems like you're lacking motivation. Hearing that, what are you going to do? What are the positive steps you're going to take going forward to potentially change that perception? Now, that's leveraging a directive coaching style. And one of the biggest challenges leaders have is going from telling and yelling and commanding and demanding to asking and listening and coaching. That's a tough transition for some leaders. Yet, stylistically, that's not going to change overnight. So embrace your style. If you're directive, give somebody a directive. Give them advice if that's where you're comfortable. Yet, ask them an ownership question. So hearing that, what are you going to do successfully to change that perception? What are the positive steps you're going to take going forward after hearing that advice? And what that does is it frames things out. Now, if we happen to have somebody who's resistant, and that's typically what we deal with, somebody who's lacking awareness, I call them yeah, but Bob, they have yeah, but out before you get to the end of your first or second sentence. They already know you're wrong before they hear you. So the first thing that we can do when coaching somebody who's resistant is to ask what we call third-party questions. See, when the boss calls somebody into the office, what typically happens is the following. Their antenna is up. They start to feel defensive. They will push back. It's a knee-jerk reaction. It's a conditioned response. So often when they come in our office, they know they're talking to their boss. So one of the healthiest things you can do is to really become gifted at questions. And we teach you hundreds of questioning models. Yet the favorite one for someone who's resistant, and I don't think you start out with this, but put it into your bag of tricks, if you will. And it's a third-party question again. So if I were to look at somebody and say, you know, Andy, I'm going to ask you an off-the-wall question. And I slow my cadence down. And I say, if the fairy godmother were to come out of the sky in a bright pink dress and bestow upon you unbelievable honesty by saying, you can at times be really resistant to feedback, how would you react to her? Now, I bet you you're laughing or giggling a little bit. It sounds nuts, doesn't it? That's the design. And here's the idea. They start to envision this person with a bright pink dress. And they're starting to think, why is my boss asking me this weird question? And then you ask the question, how would you react to her? What that does is it lowers their defenses, even though you're really the one asking the question. Here's another format. 
So, Andy, if your best friend were here right now, honestly, how do you think he or she would describe how you're reacting right now? And what you do is you get them thinking about their best friend, somebody who's very honest with them in their life, and they start to answer literally their best friend in their mind. So again, coaching, awareness, start with people's strengths. Opportunities, those are the opportunities where people can improve. Stay away from words such as bad, good, wrong, terrible, run your head into a wall. Help people feel good about getting better. Let me say that again. Help people feel good about getting better. Now, once somebody has said, yeah, I know I can be a little resistant. Yeah, I know my energy has been a little bit low. Yeah, I can see where people have the perception of my lack of motivation. So I always go back to step one is awareness. Step two is action. And really there's a middle step and that's affirmation. Someone's affirming yes, or you can even put as a middle step agreement. They're somewhat acknowledging. Now, they're not going to fall over and say, yes, I'm a terrible employee. Do something with me, please. They're going to be resistant still. But anytime you have that agreement or that affirmation, like, yeah, I, I know I can come off like that, go to the action step. So if I'm coaching our hypothetical employee, Andy, on his attitude, and he says, yeah, I know at times I can come off a little bit negative, go to the action step. So Andy, first of all, thank you so much for acknowledging that. I really appreciate it. So what do you think we should do going forward to facilitate improvement to alter that perception? Let me say that again. So first of all, thank you very much for acknowledging it. What do you think we should do together to alter that perception? And what steps should we take? That is the ownership of change. Now, What's really cool about that is we. Notice I emphasize the word we. Funny thing is, I'm about to ask Andy to go up this mountain called Change Mountain. It's steep, it's muddy, it's wet, and we're going to slip. We're going to go back at times. People will go up that mountain as long as someone travels with them. So then when we get into the action steps and Andy says, well, geez, I don't know. Well, go into the suggestion phase. Well, Andy, what if I suggested that we changed up the way you approached your teammates? And maybe you started to facilitate some more random acts of kindness or let's call them above and beyond the call of duty tasks and to really alter that perception. And what if we were really proactive, you know, hearing that, what goes through your mind? Let's say Andy goes, well, yeah, I'd be willing to do that. I kind of like that. Well, let's pick somebody on your team. And the ball is now rolling downhill. So again, coaching is very simple, yet we have to be gifted conversationally, and that takes practice. Just like Andy with the negative attitude, guess what he has to practice? Having a positive attitude. It's a behavior. It's a trait. It's a habit. Nobody, when we think about attitude as a byproduct of this podcast, wakes up in the morning and says, honey, I got to get into work. I have got to really demonstrate my crappiness today. Most of the time, people don't do that, right? I hope people don't do that at all. Yet the fact of the matter is, we are creatures of habit. We are conditioned by our experience, our surroundings, the people around us. Consciously, but certainly subconsciously, 
we choose to be positive or negative. Nobody chooses to be neutral. Let me give you another example. You go home at the end of the day and your spouse or significant other says, honey, how was your day? Nobody ever says neutral. You know, I didn't have a feeling from eight to five today. Now I bet you you're giggling a little bit again. It's funny, isn't it? We usually have good days or bad days. We're very manic. We like to go to the spectrums. So again, when we're coaching, build awareness. Number two, take action. The only way you get to action is that middle step. If they have somewhat agreed and acknowledged what you've presented, that's half the battle. I always share this, and this is one of my funnier stories. I had a guy who was literally managing a gentleman for a couple years, knew him for 10 years. He said, I've never seen this guy in a good mood. He's always, woe is me. And this guy would literally give me a very exasperated description of this gentleman. And I said to the manager, you know, here are the steps I would take and here's what's going to happen. This is going to take you some time. After two sessions, he called me. He said, I got to tell you, I'm trying some of your techniques. They're not working. And I started to laugh. He goes, what's so funny? And I said, you mean the two sessions using my stuff did not fix that guy of the 10-year attitude you portrayed? Whew, I got to get fired. Now, to this client's credit, we knew each other quite well. He started laughing. He said, oh my gosh. I said, Steve, I, I, I get it. It's frustrating, right? We are very short tenured. Often we are short tenured in our expectations of other people. If it were that easy to go up to somebody and fix their attitude in two sessions, my gosh, I am all in. Just teach me how. If you can take someone lacking motivation and have them more motivated the next morning and never have to look back or coach them again on it, oh my gosh, I'm all in. Just teach me how to do it. You've got someone who's a terrible team player and you just tell them to be a better team player and they actually do it and you never have to revisit that topic. Oh my gosh, I'm all in. Just teach me how to do it. Now I know I'm being sarcastic and a little theatrical. We're dealing with people. And one of the favorite jokes on Seinfeld, the sitcom, is when Jerry says, people, They're the worst. We're dealing with people. People don't seek change. They don't like change. They don't embrace change. People often get stuck into their own habits, their own ways of doing things, their patterns of doing things. So recently, guess what happened? The pandemic crisis blew that up. We have clients who absolutely love working at home all the way to people saying, I hate that people are looking in my house. I hate that people literally are seeing my surroundings. I'm uncomfortable doing this from my home and everything in between. It's conjuring up change. Now, let's go to the fundamentals of change. Think about that for a second. Go into your boss's office and say, you know, I got to tell you, I know we're in a major pandemic crisis and everybody's stressed out, but I just wanted to give you just kind of a a red light moment. I am not going to change or do anything different. Who would dare do that during this time, right? Now, sometimes our actions might speak to that, but would anybody in their right mind literally say that? So, When things are bestowed upon us, 
they're tough. And we have to coach people. And the way we coach is the two-step process. First, always focus relentlessly, continuously, daily, weekly, as much as you possibly can. Be a relentless fanatic with building awareness of where people have strengths. Help people feel good about getting better. See, I think of people, and this might be a crass analogy, as a bucket. And I want to fill their bucket with my relentless acknowledgement of the good things they do. Here's why. When it overflows, they know I have their best interest at heart. Now, you never give false praise. You never do it for the sake of, well, I want to give this guy constructive feedback. Even though he's got a bad attitude, I'm going to tell him he's really a good guy and he's got a good attitude. No, that lacks integrity. I'm talking about acknowledging specific things that people do well. We do not do enough of it. The new virtual world has made it even increasingly different and difficult. Number two, when we do that, we've opened up the doors to the areas where people have an opportunity to improve. Notice I did not say the bad things, the wrong things, the constructive things. Insert the opportunity word. It will serve you well. Once we start building awareness in that middle step, we get affirmation or agreement, then move on to the action, such as what do you think we could do going forward to alter fill in the blank? What do you think we could do to go forward successfully to practice fill in the blank? That's the third step, or really the second step, the action step. What could we do together? And then just fill in the blank. That's it. Now, coaching is not a science of absolution. Just because you use a third-party question or some technique, you're dealing with people. Coaching is an art to keep the conversation going. Become gifted at questions. It will serve you extremely well. But let's break down coaching to two fundamental steps. One, build awareness. The middle step, if there's agreement or somewhat of an affirmation that, yeah, you know what? I think you're right. I do do that sometimes. Then go right to the action step. Half your job is over. Now, that action step could literally take you 8 to 12 weeks of continuous coaching. People are not going to change attitudes. People are not going to become magically more motivated. People are not going to consistently and flawlessly become more energetic in one or two coaching sessions. People always gravitate back to old habits. It is a part of the human being. We just do that. Tell somebody who's a habit who cracks their knuckles or smokes or uh, drinks too much soda. Now, just cut it out. That's not good for you. They don't just do it. It's a habit they have to break. Our reactions, the way we behave and work, the way we look at ourselves, our attitudes, our energy levels, our motivation levels, our acceptance of feedback levels, those are all built-in habits. Our job as coaches is to build awareness and to take action on what is acknowledged, and you will be off and running. I hope this has helped. Thank you for listening to another episode of Coaching Conversations by Tim Hagen and Progress Coaching. Now, our company is always coming out with new and innovative solutions to help leaders coach their employees. And recently, we just created a new service called coach to you where leaders can pick and choose topics and assign 7 to 21-day programs for employees to learn and more importantly, apply actions and then reflect and share what they're going to do going forward as a result of the learning. It's called 
coach to you. We're literally bringing coaching to your employees. If you're intrigued, we'll have a link in each one of our episodes where you can get more information. And again, thank you so much for listening to another episode.